Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me or my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jehu. No Ian this week. He's going to play with all of our hearts on a weekly basis, I believe. But we're here to discuss discuss Suicide Squad, the latest from Jim. Oh, who's Jim? James Jim Gunn. Gunn. Jim, Jim Gunn. Gunn. As Jim. everybody knows him. Yep. And kind of reboot sequel reimagining uh, of the Suicide Squad follows a ragtag team of ne'er-do-wells as they try to take down a cartel-like character while also fighting giant alien space monster. Yeah. Uh, a lot of famous people. I don't think we should say them all because most of them are only in the movie for like five minutes. I know that's, that's super fair. I will say to your point about it being, you know, kind of a reboot, but kind of a continuation. I feel like they absolutely would have pulled the full reboot trigger uh, if uh, Margot Robbie wasn't so profitable as Harley Quinn. Mm. I, I mean, she really isn't profitable as Harley Quinn, but I think everyone generally likes her. I think all th- Suicide Squad the original has been the only financially successful movie that she's been in so far. Yeah, I think merch wise, though. I mean, have oh, you ever, have you ever seen that's a hot a topic? Point. That's true. I've been talking about hot topic like once a week. <laughs> we 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 shit on people who like hot topic, but we talk about it so much that I, maybe I, we like hot. Topic. I think we might actually like hot topic. I've been in there recently and I do like a lot of the shit in hot topic. I 100% like Hot Topic. If they if they were a little less proud of their shit on like t-shirts, like if it was, <laughs> you know, like, you know, two or three dollars less on t-shirts, I'd probably dress mostly in Hot Topic shit. Yeah, they have Critical Role stuff now, so I really can't shit on them too much. Yep. Uh, but the Margot Robbie, as we mentioned, John Cena, Idris Elba, Peter Capaldi, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis. The voice of Sylvester Stallone. Yep, David Dasmalchan. I don't know how to say that guy's name. Yeah, that's, that's a good choice. I, I don't know either. And then the girl who played Ratcatcher, and I don't know her name. Yeah, this is kind of her like breakout uh, role, I think. And then there's a bunch of other people, Nathan Fillion, others. Well, yeah. Nathan Fillion and Michael, was it Michael Rooker? What is this? Yeah. Michael Rooker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Michael Rooker, because it's a James Gunn film. I don't think he can make one without those two in it. Somehow. I think it's con- contractually obliged, yes. Amazingly, uh, uh, fucking Elizabeth Banks wasn't in this somewhere. I oh, mean, thank God. So happy. <laughs> so happy Elizabeth Banks wasn't in. What if she got shot in the face, though? You know? Oh, that's I mean, a good that point. might be fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. She could have been Mongal. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's really good. Flula Borg and what's his face from Saturday Night Live? Pete like, Davidson. There you go. I like his getting exploded. But yeah, what were our impressions of this film, guys? Uh, you know, I'll go first. I, I'll I'll have to say, I was I was a little disappointed in it, only in that I thought it was going to be fucking great, and it was only good. It was a good move. That's a, that is uh, exactly where I landed. <laughs> Uh, I'm so disappointed because that's exactly where I landed as well. Oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping that you guys were going to love it and then I could come on and just shit on it. This is why we needed Ian. Ian sounded like he really loved it. Yeah. So my my real opinion is that if you liked this movie and you thought Birds of Prey was shit, well, then, my friend, you are a hypocrite because it's the same movie. I've already watched this movie. And it just like, I don't know, it, it was good. It was it was good. It, it, I think the Internet's really ruined it because people are calling it like it resets the comic book shop. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it's fine. It's, it's a fun, enjoyable time. 
but it's not the Dark Knight. It's not Infinity War. It may not even be as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, not. <laughs> it's fine. Do you know the Guardians of the Galaxy is in Steven Spielberg's top five favorite movies? I that kind of makes that. sense, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it does make sense. I just am really surprised he has watched it, knows about it, and thinks that it <laughs> should be. I'm just surprised it is. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean. I. I. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't really enjoy this movie. I did really enjoy this movie, but. Uh, I don't think I was alone in this. Like definitely in my house, Sarah was sort of the same way, maybe more so that we were expecting guardians of the galaxy, James Gunn. And we really got slither James Gunn. And I I like that James Gunn. I just don't know if that's exactly, I think the first suicide squad really missed the point and missed the value of the idea of you have a bunch of b-list villains and you and then you can do with them whatever you want you can kill them off you can treat them however you like this almost feels like maybe it overcorrected like it really Mm -hmm. uh you know and without getting into spoilers i think there were just some of the kills that should have been played for feels and instead were played for laughs Mm. one in particular that we'll get to in spoilers i'm sure yeah, it's funny you say that because I mean I had the exact same thought, you know, uh, Guardians plus Slither, uh, which if, if anyone out there doesn't know what Slither is and hasn't seen it, I mean, whew, I don't know if it's one that I recommend. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but it is an experience. Uh, it's it's definitely like James Gunn making a gross out horror movie and like just leaning in as hard as he fucking can. And it, I mean, it's it's a horror comedy. It is funny, but it's also quite gross. Um, yeah, and like I, I think I wanted this to. I mean, I, I they do lean into the R rating as far as like the you know the violence and stuff, but I feel like story wise, I wanted it to be a little bit more villainous, I guess, uh, right. than I think it ultimately turned out to be. Yeah, I think you you guys are kind of briefly talk you know hit on this, but I think one of my big issues with it is it just it didn't really feel original, like. It's James Gunn as James Gunniest in that it's it's absolutely bits from Slither, Super, and Guardians in a new package. It's just all three of those movies combined into one in this film. And then, uh, again, I, I, I think there is a lot there that's kind of taken from Suicide Squad and taken from Birds of Prey. And the reason why that kind of annoys me is because I don't know what this movie is supposed to be. Like, just tell me if it's a freaking sequel or tell me if I'm supposed to ignore everything that's come before it, because this kind of just feels like a reimagining of the two things I've already seen. And maybe that's what it's supposed to be. But, but tell me that. And the intentional, like leaving it up in the air, it it frustrates me. Uh, We'll get into it in spoilers, but I also did not enjoy Bloodsport in this movie. I was not a fan that he was the lead character. And we'll talk about more of that in spoilers, but it was was fine. I I will say this about Bloodsport. He, well, actually, Amanda Waller says something to him very early in the movie that really spoils where the movie is going to go. It just broadcasts it in like block letters. And it was something that I was really surprised. I was not a fan of. So I, I guess that's going to answer my question on this. Cause I was going to ask you all, both of you all this, but you kind of already answer me on this. Is this finally the movie that justifies our love for Idris Elba? And I know that, I know that Nips had already kind of lost face on Idris Elba a few months ago, but I did like Bloodsport. That was probably one of my favorite parts about this. And 
I, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of like, man, this is finally going to be it. This is going to be the thing that makes Idris Elba a real thing. And then now it turns out it's probably failing. So yeah, it's probably not going to be that, but that's just (laughs) kind of the curse that he runs around with, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's got knuckles. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. He does have knuckles coming up. That's true. Um, I'm with you, Christian, in that I feel like I don't think Bloodsport made a particularly compelling lead, but I don't necessarily think that's Idris Elba's fault. I feel no, like there are I, characterization it- problems in this that I want to like dig into how I think they could have fixed them, but I think Idris Elba is fine. Like he's relatively charismatic. He's pulling about as much weight, I feel like, as Will Smith pulled in you know, the original Suicide Squad, but I just don't like what they do with this character. 100% I'm with you. I, I, I'm i not saying it's Idris's fault. God, we're, we're boring-ass people. Yeah. All we do is agree it's, with each other. It's oh, not well, I mean, It's not him. It's the character. And I mean, listen, I, I want to just get in a spoiler since we're on this yeah, conversation. Let's, let me fuck it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you guys saw, but someone like a picture came out yesterday of like James Gunn, like, early on with shots of them on the beach bloodshot's not in it it's deathstroke who is leading (laughs) team b and what's so annoying to me is i feel like the chain of events that happened in this movie was a he pitched it to be deathstroke and either it was too close oddly enough to a storyline in titans that was going on with that character or B Joe Manganiello couldn't fit it in between the gym and D and D. And then they went back to Will Smith and he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then they settled on this and they didn't change a single thing about the character because the blood spot blood sports storyline can fit both Deathstroke and Deadshot, mm. And you would change absolutely nothing that's man that is a really good point because i was already gonna rag on that it was and actually i wasn't gonna rag on it i think it's kind of awesome that they just plugged him in and didn't probably have to change a word of the fucking uh uh, you know motivation for uh for deadshot but it also does totally work for deathstroke too that's pretty great yeah and that that to me just felt lazy like it didn't everyone else kind of has a moment where they like they deserve to be there i guess mm-hmm. but i don't know that bloodshot does like it again it could have been these other two guys and may have been a little bit cooler if it had been the other two guys like give me idris as deathstroke i thought that would be badass that would be pretty badass mm-hmm. i mean look they they, <laughs> they don't do a particularly great job of making him seem effectual beyond like killing low level goons like in the in the big final fight he is useless <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i guess i'm really not as hard on that as you guys are because i really I really had fun with him as that, and I was fine with it just being a plug-in of the exact same motivation as as Deadshot. Uh, you know, I and I I kind of thought his uh, like shtick was cooler than Deadshot. The sort of modular uh, armor with the various weapons. I thought I thought that was a cool shtick. I liked that was pretty fun. I do wish that there was more of it sprinkled throughout the movie as opposed to mostly just at the end. Right, that's um, true. That's a good one. I, I did like that. Let me ask you guys, since this is such a big cast and so many new characters, who is your favorite? Who is your standout? Man, okay, this is this is one of the things I wanted to talk about in spoilers. And I well, no, we're not, we're, let's say if we haven't already, it's for spoilers at this point. Fuck it. Yeah, we're spoilers. I I can't believe I'm saying this, 
I fucking loved Kenan and his flag. Me too. He was really good. And I think it was a dumb, dumb, dumb bonehead decision to kill him off. I know it was to show that everyone's expendable. Everyone can die. But man, they just made me like that guy. And you kind of need him going forward. And, And that's what I was talking about. Like the, you know, the, the Amanda Waller dialogue early on is like when she says, I know you can be a leader. It's like, why the fuck do you need a leader? You already got a leader. Oh, you're telling us that dude's going to die, which mm-hmm. at that point I didn't give a shit, but then I became really fond of. It. And I think also, you know, if we're going to try to do the peacemaker spinoff show, man, it's going to be real hard to get me to root for him after he killed flag. Yeah. That scene with the two of them is the best scene in the movie. Like they're both really great in that moment. Yeah. I agree. And that's why I, I, I think like the movie tees up, but like does not deliver on it all because, you know, we've kind of established, despite the fact that you could have done anything with your cast, you know, you could have brought in any number of villains with any number of power sets or whatever. You brought three guys who are para uh, elite military types uh, who just shoot stuff. Uh, <laughs> and they're the same character. They're all the same person, but they're, they're all like slightly different, right? In, in the sense that, uh, you know, Bloodsport has gone off his own way. Uh, he's he doesn't follow what you know the what the country tells him to do, what the laws tell him to do. He's got his own moral code, and he follows that exclusively. You got uh, peacemakers on the far other side. He is just pure patriotism. I will do whatever my country needs me to do, no matter how how horrible it is, because I believe in the institution. And Rick Flag is kind of the middleman between the two, where he still has a conscience but also believes in the cause. Right. Uh, and I think I think like they absolutely could have like done stuff with that that would have like developed like why those conflicts are interesting and like how each guy got into their you know where they are and why those different opinions are valid but also like interesting. Uh, but they don't fucking do that at all, and it's just such a waste to me. Like especially since we we established early on that uh, Bloodsport and Rick Flag were like military buddies, and we don't get any fucking like fun times with the two of them. I don't know. I was I was just really disappointed because I feel like there was there was a lot set up there and just just nothing was delivered. Well, you know, it's interesting, Joseph. To that point, is they literally give you a scene telling you that exact thing on a silver platter when they're all in the they're all been arrested together and they can all do the death move at you know the kill move or whatever like it it literally is saying hey these three guys are extremely similar but all a little bit different but i i don't get any moments really with flag paired individually with either of those guys and i don't get payoff like i don't right yeah it, it, it it's that is an interesting dynamic that you have three characters that have similar backgrounds and end up in different situations that you could really establish, especially between two guys who are supposed to be old military buddies that die completely spend the whole last third of the movie separated from each other. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good decision to kill that character, especially if you make a good movie where generally everyone seems to like it. You're probably going to get a sequel and, you've kind of killed off one of your main storylines. It was the uh, only yeah. thing I've ever liked Joel Kinnaman in ever. <laughs> the, well, and he was just such a zero in the first one. I so know. It's such an accomplishment to make him 
not only likable, but kind of the most compelling character in the movie. And just to just throw it away for sort of a cheap kill. I was and by so, the way, that's I not was even so the cheap kill I was to see him about. die at the beginning yeah. of the movie. And then I was so sad to see him die at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. What is the uh, uh, cheap kill you were referring to, Hurt? Well, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll wait a little later that because I wanted to say one more thing about that, about the, the scene. Uh, you know, for years, John Cena has, uh, you know, since he since he ba- basically became a big, huge star in wrestling, they've resisted turning him heel. And man, they really should because he knew how to milk that moment. hundred percent. Like he he was waiting for the crowd booze like he just he knew exactly he was totally the same guy he'd been the whole time he just finally let you see it it was i i thought he did that really well i i, I like john cena a lot now the, the one i thought that should have been played for feels but instead was played for a cheap laugh was when they killed polka dot oh 100 yeah, yeah, yeah polka dot man they had really you know he had probably gone through the biggest arc of the movie of just being a Mm-hmm. fucking lunatic to being very sympathetic at the end and you know he does his i'm a superhero line and then they just squash him in a scene they had already shown us in the fucking trailer yeah no, that's uh, a really they, good they had point. already just gotten a big laugh for, before that when uh Bloodsport points to starro and is like look it's your mom and that's very <laughs> i was i was laughing to that part i thought that was very right. funny yeah, <laughs> i do um, think this movie i feel like the humor there's probably a bit too much. I think there it it really builds up some dramatic moments and it kind of undercuts them with humor. And in some regard, I I'm like, okay, the property deserves that. But also, like, you did a pretty good job, and you have actors who are doing. Uh, I mean, I think this might be like Kinnaman and Cena's best performances. Yeah. And why undercut that with a joke thirty seconds later? Mm. Like, I don't know. Well, uh, speaking of good performances, uh. You know, I'd never really cared about Margot Robbie one way or another as Harley Quinn, but I feel like she got it right in this. one. It wasn't just a hot topic jerk off and it wasn't just a like pseudo empowerment thing. It was like a thing somewhere sort of in the middle that worked. It's a real tightrope. I feel like that character. I think she pulls it off really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you guys get a Tarantino vibe from this movie? Uh, I can see was, it, but like, the, I, you know, I just think, you know, there was kind of some grindhousey stuff to it. There was some, some kind of 70s stuff to it. And there was a lot of Margot Robbie's feet. That's fair. I, I see the, to me, I think the, the most Tarantino thing about it is the structure because it's not very like three acty. It's very That's true. Yeah. Just sporadic acts that happen when they happen and when they're done, they're done. Uh, and then at some point the movie's over. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did not. I've kind of just grown very uh, weary of the nonlinear storytelling for the sake of gotcha moments. Like, right. Hurts, really, you're the one who swayed me on this because you're talking about how a good mystery needs to give you everything along the way. And if you right. don't figure it out, that's a good mystery. But all the info is already there. But when you don't give me the information and then in 20 minutes say, oh, by the way, this was happening the whole time. Gotcha. <laughs> right. You didn't get me. You didn't trick me. You didn't provide all the details of the joke. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I didn't I don't care. I didn't care for that part of this movie. And it's one of the things that I think. Birds of Prey is a nonlinear story, and I think it works better in that film because it has an unreliable narrator in Harley Quinn. Of course, she doesn't remember shit the right way. And I think 
don't try to give me the joke and give me a linear story or tell a better story where you can give me the bits and then I won't figure it out. Um, I, I don't like withholding information just to try to trick the audience. Um, and, and this movie did that a lot. I would agree with that. I mean, I think it's fun the first time they do it. It's fun, you know, with the massacre scene, scene on the beach, which I mean, I was also bummed that, you know, friend of the show ish, Jay Courtney uh, went out so early. Right. Kind of knew it from the trailer. Also, also Jay Courtney's best role. Yeah, Jay Courtney's best role. <laughs> I would have thought Boomerang would have been a character he couldn't have touched. And so, right. So it did. It threw me for a loop, but I also really didn't want you to kill him because I like that character a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. To, to Hurt's point, I feel like, you know, like you said, the, the massacre scene at the beginning is just like, it's a pull the rug out from under your moment. It is played for, you yeah. know, just like a, a big laugh. And I mean, I think it works on that level, but it also, it, it unless you were just going to have an even bigger cast than you already had, it removes the opportunity down the line to do like the traditional suicide squad stuff of people like just dying randomly uh, along right. the way because you're stuck with your main people that are like your, your heart of your story. So like pacing wise, you've, you've kind of shot yourself in the foot. You know, that, that actually is a good point because it where they killed all those people at once. You kind of knew that everybody you got after that was sort of safe till the till the final battle. Yeah. Uh, so to your, to your point hurt about the polka dot man, kill at the end i don't know if you saw on on twitter or whatever this past week but it was supposed to in the original draft it was going to be Ratcatcher, um who's killed at oh, the no last shit. second uh but james gunn felt like he couldn't do that because she's the heart of the movie which i totally agree with i think that's a good decision but my solution to that would be one my one of my general issues with this movie is despite the fact that Bloodsport is constantly talking about what a bad dude he is he's never actually shown to be a particularly bad dude uh, right. I would I would like him to do just some some more senseless violence, uh, you know, or or just like truly cold blooded murder, just to kind of prove that he was bad to start with. Um, but like, I like the idea at the end of the movie of like this heart of the movie, this rat catcher who has kind of brought people together with just like goodwill and faith in other people to be not necessarily killed, but maybe taken out of commission and presumed dead. Right. Uh, mm. So that then the rest of the cast realizes that, oh shit, even without the actual heart of the group here to like, you know, show us that we're being better people, we actually have become better people. We're going to fight for each other and for these strangers we don't know. And I think that would like land better. I think that's a better impact moment. And then you should still be alive at the end somewhere. Um, and you don't have to kill Polka Dot Man. <laughs> right. mm. What did we think of Starro? I I love Starro. I love that it was ridiculous and also horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I really enjoyed that bit as well. Actually, yeah. I would have been fine if it had just been Starro the whole time. The weird coup South American cartel kind of stick. I didn't really care for, uh, right. but I thought Starro was fantastic. Yeah, it's a fun reveal. I, I, the 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 stuff going on like the quote unquote research lab is fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, uh, that was that was the most slither, I think, of the movie. Yeah, it was absolutely slither. And Peter Capaldi just played the doctor, but evil there, which was pretty great. But I also feel bad that that guy will never be able to play anything else uh, for the rest <laughs> of his life. But we got anything else that we have to talk about on Suicide Squad? Uh, the last thing I got, uh, what does James Gunn got against birds? Yeah, it's a running theme. 
in his movies. Kills a lot of birds. Kills a lot of birds. Yeah. I do like the Chekhov's javelin in this movie. Mm. I thought thought that was very fun because it's like having, it's like if, if Chekhov put a gun in his play, but then also in every single scene in the play from beginning to end, somebody was like spinning it or pointing it at people Uh, (laughs) and asking how the gun worked. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's pretty fun. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, I think it's better than Transformers. I was about to say we've talked a lot of shit about it. I, 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 that's the thing. I think there. I think it's frustrating because it's close to being something a lot better. But yeah, I just think a few small tweaks would have made this a really great movie. But instead, it's just it's a good movie. It's it's better than Transformers, but it's not particularly memorable. It, the problem with this movie is not the movie itself; it's the internet. Like it just everything is either the best thing ever made or the worst thing ever made. And nothing is ever just fine. And so (laughs) everyone's like, you know, oh, this resets the entire DCU. Watch out, Marvel. Like, no, it it doesn't. Like, I probably enjoyed Loki more a TV show Disney just put out than I enjoyed this movie. I'm not I'm not jumping ship to the DC universe yet. Um, (laughs) It's a good movie, you know, and good for him for finally making a good one. But that doesn't have to be the storyline that we've made it out to be. Right. I mean, it, it does. I think it sets a good precedent of, uh, you know, getting a, getting good filmmaker, let them make the movie they want without it being some bullshit like Joker, like let them do what they want up until the point where it's Joker. Then don't let them do that. <laughs> well, cool. That's the suicide squad. Not to be confused with Suicide Squad with canceled guy Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't think is he canceled, canceled now? No. Oh. Oh, is we canceled, canceled him. Yeah, oh, okay. we canceled him. But Twitter's canceled him. Well, cool. Uh, what have we been watching this past week, guys? Oh, I have uh, a special round of what I've been watching, which Uh-oh. is the Disney ride adaptation trinity. I watched Jungle Cruise, Eddie Murphy's The Haunted Mansion, and Pirates of the Caribbean this week. Awesome. I'll go chronol. Uh, I'll go chronological how they were released. So, uh, Haunted Mansion. That movie's bad. It's really dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to say. It's worse than Transformers. It does have some like odes to the ride, like Madame Leota is in it. The um, graveyard party scene. They sing the songs. Like, there's a lot that honors the ride of Haunted Mansion, but the whole plot of like it's a realtor who really wants to sell the motivated to sell the property that feels too real and um i don't know i didn't i didn't i don't love it i probably never watch it again worse than transformers pirates of the caribbean this is a great movie you know it's almost 20 years old now still holds up still looks great jeffrey rush is still phenomenal in it um i wish i do wish there was a bit more relation to the ride in this because it it almost shares nothing besides like the dog who doesn't want to give them the keys um (laughs) everything else is basically different and or has nothing to do with it at all because there's not really a storyline in pirates of the caribbean the ride but uh i would have liked to see it a little more like oh this is where it comes from Uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure the character of elizabeth swan ages particularly well yeah i mean i I, you know whatever it doesn't offend me any but it's fine (laughs) not it doesn't offend me more than kiera knightley herself offends me how about that (laughs) so maybe it's perfect for you yeah jungle cruise 
you know, Ian said it's very Pirates of the Caribbean, and I think that's true, but it's really romancing the stone or African queen. If you've seen either of those movies, like it is very much romancing the stone. Um, and the whole plot of like English lady comes, gets a rinse a boat and, uh, you know, there's a relationship with a skipper. That is the plot of African queen. That's also the basis of jungle cruise the ride so it makes sense why that would be so much there in this one they literally do the ride the rock literally does all the same jokes backside of water you know (laughs) stone it's granite all of that is taken directly from jungle cruise the ride and i appreciated that i think it has uh some fun twists and turns The, the emily blunt and the rock are great together i don't know it's a it's a fun action adventure movie and we don't really have those anymore i'm glad to I'm glad to see that genre come back. I like the mummy. I like, oh my gosh, what's the name of it? Nicholas Cage is still the Declaration of Independence. National uh, Treasure. National Treasure. I like those movies. You know, I, it doesn't, it, it, it's just, they're just fun, good times for me. And, right. and I think Jungle Cruise is, is in that action adventure vein. And I'm, I'm glad to see it come back to it. The only other thing I watched was a anime movie on Netflix called Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop. Oh, was it good? Um, it's pretty good. It's about a kid who like can only process his thoughts in haiku. And he meets a girl who she is like a kind of like an internet celebrity. And because of her smile, she has big buck teeth, but then she decides to get braces and she's like embarrassed and ashamed of it. So he wears headphones the whole movie and she wears a mask. And, um, it's very like kind of slice of lifey, but it's gorgeous to look at. I mean, it's, it's super bright neon colors. Um, I, I liked it. It's a little slow in the beginning, but about 20 or 30 minutes in, I really, really kind of uh, fell for it. I think it's better than Transformers. It's worth the hour and a half it is to watch. But yeah, it's got a cool. dumb name, like most good anime. Like most good anime. Yeah, no, I, I saw it and I was going to watch it, but then I was like, oh, maybe this is something I would enjoy. Like maybe this is something that Val would also enjoy. Do you think Val yeah. would also enjoy this? Yeah, I think so. All right, then I'll save it for her. That's it. Nips, you were more excited about that than I've ever heard you be about anything. <laughs> You're like, ooh, was it good? Was just so over the top. Um, I was really excited about it. <laughs> you I was really for me being excited. I, I was. I was like, man, I really hope he doesn't tell him it's not good because I don't think he can handle it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I watched a bunch of shit you guys recommended this week. Yay. Uh, yeah, and and by a uh, bunch of shit, I meant I mean two shows. For Nips, I watched BoJack Horseman, and for uh, Christian, I watched Doctor Who. I got a bit more of BoJack Horseman watch, not really because I like it, but because it's just a lot shorter. Uh, I'll go with BoJack first. The, the funny thing about BoJack is almost anybody who's told me anything about it just uh, tells me about how depressing it is and what a horrible person BoJack kind of is. And I, I mean, I, I, I guess it must not speak to me very well that. I was a lot of times I was just watching him was like, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I could do that. It, uh, really didn't find it de- that depressing. I was like, yeah, that, that's just what life is like. Yeah. Right <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the show a lot. I, you know, it's one of those things. I'm not really sure why I put off watching it so long. I think I watched two or three episodes once before and then just, I don't know, fell out of it for some reason and never got back. But yeah, I like it a lot. I particularly like, Aaron Paul as Todd and yep. Paul F. Tompkins as Mr. Peanut Butter. I think Paul F. Tompkins might be the funniest person on earth. He might. I be. know. I know. I've said before that uh, Dave Chappelle's the best uh, stand-up comic, and I, I I'll stand by that. But I think Paul F. Tompkins is just the funniest all-around human being. He could literally read the fucking phone book, and I would probably find it funny. 
I want you to know. Uh, her, I want you to know her. I follow Paul F. Tompkins on Twitter, and he tweets like like you talk. A lot of times, I yes. read his tweets, and I think this is something Hurt would have texted me when I did Twitter. He had my absolute favorite series of tweets all the, of all time, where he broke down Raiders of the Lost Ark, which basically his big problem with it was, you know, that he fucking proves that God exists, and he. And no one else cares about that part. He just goes about, you know, after that, returning to his career <laughs> of archaeology and murder. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares that he proved that the supreme being exists. That is a crazy aspect of that movie that I never thought of. But yeah, uh, Bojack Horseman, I've watched about two and a half seasons. My, uh, uh, my favorite uh, episode is probably the Bojack Horseman show, the... Uh, flashback to the oddies episode you know we're in oddies nostalgia now so when we start making you know teen comedies about that i think they should reference that episode because that episode got it right her i want you to know that i've been thinking about you literally every day since you told me you're going to start watching this show because <laughs> i'm really tempted to start and, and just try, try and keep up with you but i was like no i don't want to pressure him i want him to get far enough that he's in it by himself but, well, I mean, it would be really easy to not stress uh, 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 pressure me because I watch shit really slow. I probably would have gotten more of both of these shows watched if I hadn't started watching that YouTube wrestling show I talked about, <laughs> about last week. Mm. That shit has really occupied my life. I I very rarely like binge shit, but I binged that shit. So as far as Doctor Who goes, I'd actually watched the first season uh when it came out on an iPod video. So I remember the words, but you know, it was a little like one inch screen. I don't really remember much of what the show was about. Cause you can't really see it on that thing. That was a weird time in our lives when we would just watch TV shows on tiny little uh, MP3 player screens. But uh, so, you know, watching it again, I, uh, I remembered having seen it before, but it was a lot better this time. Uh, this is probably the way to watch it. Things I really like about this show, and this is going to seem like a backhand compliment, but I really mean it. I love that it looks shitty. Yeah. I love yeah, of course. That I, I love that it's do some of the work yourself. You're going to have to have some imagination to watch this. You know, we so much these days, you know, rag on anything that has shitty special effects. I love that it doesn't even really try to have good special effects. It just has like a blueprint of what this is supposed to look like and you make it look better in your head. You know, I know a lot of people are down on the Eccleston season and that things really don't get underway until he's uh, fucking great, dude. He's great. He is great. I don't know why yeah. people dislike it so much. Like I, you know, when I got to the tenant stuff, I liked tenant a lot too. I think a lot of people say that tenants better at the feel stuff, but he just gets more feels to do, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not really a fair cons uh, comparison, but I don't know. I like that Tenet made it really physical. I like that he's a, you know, I, uh, my history with Doctor Who in the past is I used to kind of, I can remember when I was a kid, they would show the old shit on WSRE mm -hmm. really late at night. And I'd watched a lot of that. And, you know, that Doctor Who was always really cerebral and, you know, stuff like that. I like that he was kind of a Doctor Who that would punch you in the face. Uh, getting into the Tenet stuff, though, that my favorite episodes of the ones I've watched so far is the one where the uh, 
where the companion from the 70s showed up. And I just thought that one was really greatly, gr- greatly just done great. Yeah. Because Sarah Jane Smith coming up. Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't really have to. It gave you enough information for you to feel the things you were supposed to feel in that episode. I'm sure if you actually lived through those episodes, you felt it even more. But, you know, I didn't have to to know that it was sad when we thought the metal dog died. You know, yeah, they gave me enough information for me to understand that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. It was mostly stick anyway, but I'm, you know, I feel bad. I've been hard on this show for so many years. I will definitely continue to watch it and probably update it update you guys on both of them as i go further along but uh better than transformers both of these shows thanks for the recommendation guys i'm glad you like it i did want to follow up did you recognize who the villain was in that sarah jane smith episode i didn't who was it that's anthony head oh no yeah i totally did i totally did recognize that that was giles yeah i've I've watched a bunch of these in one so i forgot that but yeah it was totally giles uh, I watched, it's weird. I watched something that went out. Oh yeah. Cause I'm also, I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it. Well, now. I'm watching another show you recommended Christian. I'm watching uh fucking Ted Lasso. So oh, he's I fucking slimy in that show too. <laughs> he is so fucking awful in that show. That's a show just like, you know, his ex-wife, you already dislike her so much. So it's so weird that someone can be so dislikable that you get on her side. But yeah, I'd like basically watch those episodes back to back. I watched the, the Ted Lasso one first. And then the next day I watched that fucking, uh, the Sarah Jane episode with him in it. So it, I got a lot of Anthony head. I'd forgotten that guy's really good. Yeah. He's good in both of those roles. Uh, Ted Lasso's. I, I haven't talked about it. The second season's going on right now. It just started a few weeks ago and the show's still strong. That shows it's great. It's, it's the best thing that's come out in the last two years. In my opinion, I'm glad, I'm glad you're giving it a shot. Sarah's been out of town, so I've been sort of stalled on it. But uh, but we're and we're watching that one together. But I really like it a lot. Joseph, I don't have that much this week. I watched uh, for literally no reason. Uh, I rewatched The Great Gatsby, Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby. Uh, there's no with, reason to watch. There's that no movie. reason. I I knew it was bad. I don't know why I wanted to watch it, but I did, uh, and it was bad. It's just it, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so like. It, it actually very squarely fits into the category of, of, of movies that are better on mute, because I think if you weren't listening to anything going on, your brain would fill in a better version of the movie that happens. Mm. Uh, I think the most frustrating bit is the casting is so fucking good. Yeah, just it is. Everywhere. It is. It's, it's so, spot on. So spot on. I mean, like, you know, obviously DiCaprio, uh, fucking what's Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. In, in, indie darling whatever face carrie mulligan yeah, carrie my mulligan. favorite bit my favorite bit of the casting is they've got jason clark as uh you know whatever his name wilson the mechanic and his wife cheats on jason clark with joel edgerton uh <laughs> which i just think is fucking hilarious <laughs> uh, obviously my... she likes heads <laughs> she likes He's a very specific kind heads. of man yeah a very specific kind of interchangeable man uh, I don't know. I th- I think that's very funny. I was just gonna say, Carrie Mulligan does connect back to to Hertz topic. She's in a great tended episode of Doctor Who that I don't think you're at yet. But uh, now, the the one I'm on right now is the one about television in the 50s and stuff like that. So I don't think I've gotten to that one yet. Yeah, she's in a great episode, and she's good in Great Gatsby. But God, that movie's terrible. Yeah, it's worse than Trace Transformers. Definitely, like this era, Carrie Mulligan 
is, is she's not quite she's still under inside Lou and Davis Carrie Mulligan for a but she's <laughs> she's a top tier which they're both awful people I don't know why that's my like my thing but it is my thing dude by the way I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you Joseph but do you guys hear the worst fucking news on earth no the Cohen brothers might be done oh I did see oh, that wow that I, I don't know I don't know if Jehu can handle that <laughs> Is Baz Luhrmann like? Is he is he actually good, or does he just keep making movies exclusively for sixteen year olds of the at that current moment? I I don't know. Like uh, he's got a style. I'm not going to knock the dude. Like he's got a vision. But you grow out of the style. Everyone it, grows out. Is of it the a style. good vision? I don't know. I don't. At I don't 14, think so. Everyone loves the style. Yeah, but I when you know. hit 21, you're like, that kind of sucked. I wonder if I'd still. I wonder, since now you just want make me want to go back and watch Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> I I loved Romeo plus Juliet, but then when Moulin Rouge came out, I didn't even want to watch it. Yeah. You know, see, that's like, what I mean. I Your forgot. age group is Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Romeo plus our age group is Moulin, Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Uh, right. Christian's making yeah. a really compelling point here. <laughs> I think I think you might be onto something there. Totally. Uh, anyway, it's worse than Transformers still. Uh, good soundtrack, not well used in the movie mostly. The only other thing I watched, I finished this week. I watched an anime that I, I, I couldn't even pitch to myself if I tried, if I pleaded with myself desperately, uh, but I love it. Uh, it's called Zombieland Saga. The basic premise of the anime is seven girls who died at various points in time are resurrected through ambiguous means to become a pop idol group. Uh, whose whole intention of being resurrected is to save a small prefecture in Japan by inspiring them. Uh, and if that sounds fucking outrageously ridiculous to you, it's because it is. It's a comedy. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, it's it's zany, uh, but it's got a good mix of laugh and heart. Uh, I, I I didn't think I would do an idol anime, and I had, had been avoiding this one for a long time, even though a lot of people that I draw from tell me they like it, but I was just... I was in a, a lull in my scheduling and I was like, let me give it a shot. And I love it. And I kind of hate that I love it because there's no way to justify just listening to, to eight hours of seven animated teenage girls sing at me. Uh, but I fucking love it. It's great. Zombieland <laughs> Saga. No one will. I will. I will buy you a fucking real phonies T-shirt if you watch this show. Uh, but no one on Earth will watch the show besides me. <laughs> Better than Transformers. <laughs> Sounds super dumb, bro. Yeah, no, 100%. I feel you. Uh, I'm not going to justify it anymore. So next week, at the behest of, of our dear listener, Chris, uh, I've, I've put Lamageddon on the docket, which is coming in at a hard 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it's on Tubi. So get excited for that. I have no idea what to expect. We did also get another suggestion from a close associate of the podcast, Susie to do uh, movies centered around animals, which I'm super down with as long as it's not like Zootopia, but like George of the Jungle. You know, I'm, I'm super into, uh, into movies about animals. I can, or centered around animals. I could get into that. Not George of the Jungle. What's the fucking other gorilla movie? The uh, Mighty Joe Young. That's what I'm Mighty Joe mm. Young. <laughs> George of the Jungle. I like a, a George of the Jungle, Mighty Joe Young movie. That would also be fun. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway. Those things are coming. There are probably didn't what if start this week? Or yeah, it I watched it today. Yeah. Well, right okay. on. Well, we will we will probably talk about that eventually. We might save it until it's all done. Uh, that worked well for Loki. I thought. I, I think it did too. I don't. I, I'm not sure that our other format worked well, but people listen to it. 
same amount that listen to everything else. So maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't know how this fucking podcasting business works. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Uh, so cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Please continue to send in suggestions again, but I, I think that's really fun. I, I really like doing what you guys want us to do. If you want to get in touch with us and uh, tell us your thoughts on Suicide Squad, uh, you can reach us at realphonies@gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for and Brian Velasquez for our theme. See you guys later. Later. Bye.